Lose the Cape Podcast, episode 154. Good morning or afternoon or whatever time it is as you listen to this podcast. I'm Alexa Bigwarf, the host of the Lose the Cape Podcast, and today it is September 19th. We have gone through quite a roller coaster over the past few weeks um, with school finally starting to get settled in, and then pretty much as soon as we were settled, that big enormous hurricane named Florence decided to come in and mess things up again. Um, Our community was in the path, but we were very, very lucky. And my heart truly goes out to the communities that have been just devastated by this event. I've been watching some of the news feed and houses all the way up to the rooftops underwater in entire communities. It's just, it's, uh, it's heartbreaking. And, um, and if you, love someone in one of those communities or are from one of those communities, we just want you to know that we are thinking about you and sending all of our love and support and supporting the organizations that are helping in those areas. Because I think that one of the most beautiful things about people is what comes out of us during a tragedy. And that's the most beautiful thing to watch is how many people come together to support and encourage and help um, during a time of tragedy. So our hearts are with you. Our money's on its way. And, um, you know, oh, what a what a horrible, what a horrible thing to happen. And I'm very sorry. My community suffered catastrophic flooding um, three years ago. And my heart just really, 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 really goes out to those communities because we've been through it and we totally understand that. So uh, what is happening in podcast world and Lose the Cape world? We have been um, just chugging along, doing all kinds of fun and interesting things lately. We've brought on two new team members. If you are part of our Your Mom Squad group on Facebook, which if you're not, you should totally join us. Check out the link in today's show notes, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 154. Um, we have a private group that's just for moms of our community that want to kind of hang out and have a safe place where we can discuss some of these issues that we talk about or have a place where you can, you know, vent about things going on. Our only, um, requirement is that you agree to respect and not judge and be kind to everyone in the community. So look us up on Facebook, your mom squad and join us. Um, we have brought on two new team members. We brought on Bree, who is kind of our community slash content manager. She's helping us grow our um, our community and manage everything that we have going on with Lose the Cape because there's so much stuff. And then we have Liz, who has come in to help us with some of our social media. So you can interact with both of them in the group. Um, we have opened up submissions again. So if you are a writer and want to contribute to our blog, we are looking for writers. Um, our focus is changing a little bit though. I will say we are looking a little bit less for the, the traditional mom blog type stuff. So not that those posts about helping your child potty train or get rid of the binky or any of those things aren't important to moms. We totally think they are, but there are lots of websites who cover that type of information. We're more interested in real stories of you as women and moms, what's going on in your world and in your life, um, the challenges that you're facing, and of course, our focus on activism and advocacy. So we're really interested in stories of how you're involved in your community, with your children, 
um, what's going on, how you're taking a role in politics. Um, I saw some or, or just like what's happening locally. One of my friends posted the other day that they had a big win because there is a lower elementary school campus and, a, and an upper elementary school campus. So they have the school got so big that they divided it into two schools and they sit right next to each other. But there's enough of a space of road in between them that the school zone went back to normal speed, which was just ridiculous. So she wrote a letter and some and gathered some other people to write a letter to the transportation, um, our high, our transportation office. And, um, successfully was able to get that speed limit reduced all the way from the start of one school through the middle section and to the end of the upper campus so that there weren't people increasing in speed in between the schools, which was just kind of asinine anyway. But, um, you know, things like that, they make a difference and they're not hard to do, but it is time consuming and it's overwhelming when you have a lot of other things going on. But it just goes to show that we can make a difference and we can um, use our voices to make the world a better, safer place for our children. And that's kind of the focus that we're going. We've talked about our new book that's coming out. It's the Lose the Cape Mom's Guide to Political and Social Involvement and How to Raise uh, Tiny Activists. I may have gotten that name a little bit wrong, but you get the gist of it. And that will be going on pre-order soon. The essays are amazing. We brought together some really diverse writers to talk about the actions that they have taken either as mothers because they realized once they had children how important it was to be involved and engaged in the community or um, just by their own personal belief system or by the religious values that they were raised by or whatnot. But it's such a fantastic book showing all the different ways that you can be involved uh, to make a difference in your community and to change the world to be a better place, which is our new focus. Like it's always been a focus of mine. When I started blogging, I was writing about how to um, a maternal and infant and children's health issues and how we could improve a, a lot of different things from maternal care to NICU treatments to all kinds of things. So, um, you know, it's always been, I've always been an advocate, not I, I, yeah, I think I have always been an advocate forever and ever. But over the past few years, that's really grown from my stance on on healthcare programs and um, um, gun sense and making the world safer from gun violence and all those types of things. And we're just really excited to be moving the podcast in a direction where we actually have an opportunity to make an impact. Um, not just talk about these things kind of behind the scenes. So we're excited and we hope you are excited. If you didn't get to listen to my last week's episode, I talked about an amazing experience at a conference that I went to and how much I was really changed. I would like to give you an update that a week later, I am still fired up and fueled from that visible event. I am doing my best to meditate every day. It's hard for me to quiet my mind, so I have to use guided meditations and I have to I have to rely on the experts to show me the tools and help me out, but I am doing that every day and it's amazing. I skipped a couple of days and I was so crabby on those days. It's amazing how much it helps to just take 5 minutes to clear your mind, to give gratitude, to vi- to to envision what you want your world to look like in one month, one year, five years, 80 years, whatever. Um, I probably don't have 80 years left, but um, that'd be something if I did. Um, But you know what I mean, like looking forward, looking to the future, being grateful and asking the universe to send you the right things. And I had a coaching call with Kate Butler the other day. 
And she was funny. She was like, okay, so you have these ideas and you have these things that you're asking the universe for, but you haven't really specified. So if you're just asking for five new clients, for example, but you've expressed to me that that you um, are trying to go a little bit of a different way with your universe, with your, your business, then you can't just ask for five new clients. You have to get very specific. What are these clients like? What are they doing? Um, what is important to them? All of those types of things. So I'm learning how to restructure my asks of the universe, if you will. And I'm learning how to um, really engage uh, the world differently to help me center and balance and calm down. Um, so it's very exciting. And if anybody ever wants to talk offline about this type of stuff and all this woo stuff, we're definitely going to have some people on the show to talk more about meditation and its impact because it's just amazing. Okay, so one last announcement before we get into this interview with Michelle Knight, which was an incredible interview. She is such a sweet girl, and I just enjoyed um, our entire conversation. Um, And that is that we have a very special program going on right now, and we're looking for people that have products and services that want to be featured in front of our audience of moms. So we have the Lose the Cape Holiday Gift Guide, and it's your opportunity to feature your product, your service, your book, whatever it is that you want to get in front of our group of moms, you can go to the website and you'll see it on a banner across the very top of the website at losethecape.com. We'll also have it in our show notes today, losethecape.com forward slash podcast forward slash 154. But it's a really inexpensive price. We'll be putting together a um, a PDF download for everybody who comes to our website. We will be promoting the products on our Instagram and social media accounts. And we have an entire podcast episode in early November dedicated solely to going over the products and the services and talking about this. And our sponsors, we were looking through our stats yesterday. We do a pretty good job of sending people. I think we do a pretty good job of picking sponsors that really are applicable to our community And um, I think we do a pretty good job because we were looking at the stats and actually kind of surprised we don't, I haven't had time to go check them out, but um, we've done a pretty good job sending um, people to our sponsors. So if you're interested in that, head on over to the website or send us an email or reach out to us on Facebook, info at losethecape.com or on Facebook and let us know. We only have a limited number of spots because our podcast only runs 45 minutes and we want to make sure that we are really giving um, due diligence and attention to each of our sponsors in this holiday gift guide. So let us know quickly. Applications are only open for about another three weeks and then we are closed. All right, y'all enjoy this interview and have a fantastic day. Welcome back to another episode of the Lose the Cape podcast. I am your host, Alexa Bigworth. Without my co-host today, it is back to school day for us. So Nancy is, now that she's on the West Coast and three hours behind us, is actually in the middle of dropping her kids off on the first day of school while I am um, running along with the podcast solo. So today we are super happy to bring you Michelle Knight. She is a branding and business coach, a mother, a wife, a world traveler, and a storyteller. Anybody who knows me knows that I love all of those things. So this is going to be a good good connection here. Michelle has distinguished herself as an entrepreneur through the power of storytelling and its power to unite people, especially women. She has helped transform the business lives of female entrepreneurs by supporting them and tapping into their story to create a standout brand and message. 
ultimately leading them to living a life of freedom. Michelle is living proof that no matter what obstacles life may throw at you or chapters that may contribute to your story, you have the power to write your own ending. And we'll talk about some of the 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 heartache and loss that she's gone through in her own personal life that has led to this um this ability to see that you can write your own ending and create happiness out of sadness, which is something that I talk about a lot. So as a storyteller and branding expert herself, Michelle supports women who are unfulfilled in their nine to five break free into a life of freedom. So this is for you working moms. Um, this, what this episode we dedicate to you working, I'm sorry, working outside of the house moms, because there are lots of us working moms that are not in the nine to five. Uh, programs include private coaching, self-study courses, and a group program that unites women to create thriving online businesses. Michelle didn't always have the freedom-based business that she now has and helps others create. She's many ups and downs, has had many ups and downs in her life. She's experienced heartache, loss, great love, and above all beauty. She's learned that the more you accept your story and choose to share it with the world, the stronger your brand and business and impact will be. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat today. Great. So first, you are the mother of one. I am the mother of one little boy. He is two and a half. So a really, yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, it's right. <laughs> and you and you do you run your business with him at home with you? I do. I call him my um, my office mate. He hangs out with me on a regular basis. <laughs> yes. So I just sent my kids back to school, as I mentioned in the intro today, and it has been a very challenging summer working with my three home, and they are eleven, eight, and six. And I fondly, fondly, I'm using air quotes, fondly remember the days when they were in those younger ages, and I don't know how any, I don't know how I got any work done. That's why, I know. <laughs> that's why it's taken me years to take what people without kids do in like six months. <laughs> yeah. I, well, you know, I've had my business as long as Cal's been born. So I kind of just like, we did it, grew them together. There wasn't one before the other. And I think that has worked to my advantage in yeah. that way um, because he doesn't know any different. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, okay. So how did it all come to this? I mean, how did you start how did you start your business? How did you decide that branding and storytelling was your thing? And then how did you decide that your, your, your thing thing was going to be helping other moms find theirs? Yeah. So it really started when my son was born. So I went through a very long labor. Um, it was a home birth and it was difficult. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're all after labor exhausted but I really was just like in a place where I, it was almost like an out of body experience. And for about three or four months, I really struggled with postpartum depression, not recognizing it in that moment. Looking back now, that's what that was. Mm -hmm. um, postpartum depression, kind of figuring out who I was as a person. Um, definitely didn't feel like the old me, but didn't have fully step into the role of a mother just yet. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was kind of in this in-between, very stranger things. Um, if anybody watches that on Netflix. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We love that one. That's a scary place to be. <laughs> it's very scary. And so, you know, that's like the best way to describe it. There was so much uncertainty and vulnerability and fear. And can I actually do this? And it was through that that like time, I kind of realized that one of the things I didn't want to do was go back to work. That I had really always thought about running my own business and the thought of 
finally kind of getting a grasp around the motherhood thing and then being and then having to go back to work seemed very very difficult for me and so i did go back to work after telling my husband you know he was like all right well let's pump the brakes let's build the business while you work a nine to five and then let's see what happens and so for about um from you know march when i returned from maternity leave till september i built this business and in the beginning i really focused on branding and web design because i had a major in pr and advertising and just knew how to do that but through the process i realized how difficult branding actually was for people yeah. especially people who are branding themselves yeah yeah and so you know my husband and i had created this entire brand and business and we looked at it from the outside and i was like this doesn't look like me this doesn't excite me and that's when i kind of realized women need help with this right and so that's when i kind of switched my gears and focused more on coaching and mentoring women to create a business that was a true reflection of who they are so that there's not that disconnect of what do i share on social media what do i right. talk about right, right. You just get to show up as you are and for a lot of my audience they're moms and so they if they choose they can include their children they can include their families in their business and create a business around that life so in september i left my nine to five and i've been doing it full-time air quotes ever since <laughs> that's amazing um you know I, I love these kinds of stories because um, a lot of times what I hear these days when I interview entrepreneurs is the same type of story, especially the mothers that they, they decided they didn't want to ever go back to work or they didn't want to lose that freedom. Uh, for me, the biggest drive is being able to um, create my own schedule and to be able to pick my children up from school or go on field trips or all those kinds of things. And it's, it's really cool to know that, um, for those people who don't have the ability to just stay home, that you and your husband were like, okay, we can't quite do this yet, but it's something I'm going to support you in. And that's a really cool story because a lot of times we hear people, like my situation was we waited until my husband got to the point where where we didn't need an income from me. And I was coming home to be a stay at home mom. I didn't realize I wanted to build a business. I just knew that I needed to get out of my work situation. Mm -hmm. But, um, and then, life happened and I kind of accidentally started building a business, but, um, you know, we didn't have to depend on anything for me. So it's nice for everybody else who is like, this sounds fantastic, but I can't just quit my job tomorrow and go home and build a business because we need the income. So, um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about like how, um, first of all, was your husband at all resistant or was he always on board with the idea? Um, my husband was always on board with the idea. He's That's actually a very just like, it'll work out kind of guy, you know, <laughs> like he fully trusts those things. And so that definitely was something that helped me move a little bit faster, right? I had his full support, which meant that I could work on, you know, a Sunday if I needed to work on a Sunday because I was working my nine to five the entire week. Yeah. I think that's really huge because um, one of the best pieces of advice I can give to any moms who want to be entrepreneurs is that your husband has to be on board. He has to be, even if he's a little bit reluctant, 
at the beginning, like there has to be support. And, and that's one of the things that we struggled with big time. And it wasn't until we finally figured it out. And sometimes I'm just going to give this as a little bit of marital tips for anyone who feels like their husband isn't supportive. Sometimes you just have to learn to speak in the language that makes sense to them. Mm-hmm. And for him, he needed to see, he, he's an accountant. He needed yeah. <laughs> to see what the, what the money possibilities were, what the return on any investment would be, and what it meant for him. If I was giving up time, this is going to sound really sexist the way I say it. It's not as bad as it was. But like he wanted to know like if, if the, the benefit of me coming home was to be with the family and to have more you know, impact in our children's lives. So he wanted to know if I was removing some of that time when I was with the kids, like what was the... What was the benefit of that? Mm-hmm. So, and I think that's a very legitimate question because so many of us that are entrepreneurs, like we get all in and all of a sudden it's like, it takes us over. Yes. Know? Yes. But- yeah, totally. I mean, like I was just having a conversation with someone the other day about my business because, you know, you have one kid and everyone wants to know when you're having another kid, especially right. in Missouri, <laughs> you know, <laughs> everyone's like, oh, two years apart. And, you know, I, I kind of explained to them that, you know, it was like, I, my business was born at the same time. And my business is like another commitment, like a child. It really is. I love it. And that's not bad to say. And for a long time, I kind of felt guilty about that because I was building this business so I could be home with my son. But it was through kind of like doing it that I realized, yes, I was being home with my son, but I also wanted to have this creative outlet and I wanted to explore my possibilities as well. And so it was a very empowering journey to kind of look at it from that angle. And it's nice to find other people who have that same mentality. And um, you, to, to, because I know that a lot of my friends and family really struggled with this idea of me being a stay-at-home mom oh, yeah. running a business because like I was a stay-at-home mom. So why did I, why could I not come to play dates or why could I not watch their kid or why could I not do you know, the volunteer at the PTO or all these other things that so that society has said stay-at-home moms should be doing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm working. And nobody understood what that meant. They were like, but I see you on Facebook all the time. Well, that's where I do a lot of my work. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, you know, so, so it was, it took a long time and, and that's okay. I mean, I think it just comes down to, to, I love the way that you explain it, that it's something that you're passionate about, that it is a commitment. And, um, you know, so we kind of got sidetracked there, but, um, so your husband is supportive, which is amazing. So then how did you guys decide for all the moms who may be listening and maybe working full time and not like dreaming of this, but thinking it will never be a possibility? Like, how did you set up those goals um, and what did you do to make it happen? What, what would you say is the biggest thing that really like, I mean, we don't have to go through like how you found your first client, but maybe we should like, how did you find your first client and how yeah. did it look like? Yeah. So I think as far as like goal setting, that's definitely something that I've always been really passionate about. Like I've been setting goals since I was like two, thanks to my mom, but I never really followed through with them. And so that was a big part for me. And like, us being really clear on what's the goal for our family, what's the lifestyle goal, not just what's the business goal, but what do we want to actually have as a family. And so for us, it was being able to travel multiple times a year. We love traveling, Um, you know, things as simple as like being able to just shop at Whole Foods or whatever it is, you know, and then 
looking at that and saying, how do we make that possible? What's the income level we need to get to? Because it wasn't always, it wasn't about the money. You need money, right? Mm -hmm. to, to do those things. Right. But we wanted to focus on like, what's the real purpose behind that? So then once we became really clear on the money, we could kind of break that down. And in the beginning, it was like, just replace my current income, right? Right, that right. That was basically it. Like, right. So we don't have to kind of take a step backwards. Um, but that's not to say for like the first three months, even though I was getting a client, um, like a client every month, I was just kind of, we were just kind of breaking it even. Mm -hmm. But then by continuing to put in the energy and knowing, okay, this is what we're working towards. This is kind of that end of the year goal. You know, we were able to, you know, move things around or not go out to eat all the time because it was just that season. Right. So we, we had to have that discussion together. Otherwise there'd be a lot of resentment like, Oh, you're doing this, you're building your business. And now I don't get to go <laughs> eat at right. our favorite restaurant. So we definitely had to look at the goals together, kind of break those down. Um, and, and I'm a big fan of mind mapping. I, there's actually one in the corner um, of my room. So I do this all the time. And so I would put the goal in the center and then think of all the different ways that I could hit that goal and all the different programs I could have or ways I could bring in money. And um, I've continued to do that all the time in my business. And so in the beginning, one of the main focuses was one-on-one. -on -one. It was easiest, right? I didn't right. have to create a course or a group program. I didn't have to have a huge list. And so that's really just where I put all of my focus on. Focus and attention was just on getting a client and then getting another client and then another client. And the, my very first client came from uh, my private Facebook group that I had created. I had run a, a freebie about creating like a brand board and it got 10 signups. I was really proud of that. <laughs> awesome. For your first one in. Yay. I know. <laughs> 10 signups. Uh, really just, I wanted to create a community. That was one of my main points um, as a business owner is just like a, a safe space for women to come and talk about being business owners. And I was in there all the time, just nurturing, showing up, doing video. And um, I gave away a couple free sessions she was one of my free sessions and she signed on as a client and we actually went on to renew her contract three times together. Wow. So we worked together for almost a year. Wow. Okay. So one of the key things then is that you have to have some kind of a skill that you can, yeah. <laughs> that you can, that you can, you know, coach people in or do something. And, but I mean, there's, there's so many things. If you open your mind to thinking about what you can do, I mean, everybody has something that somebody else needs to learn how to do. Absolutely. Whether it's crocheting an Afghan or, you know, making homemade cloth diapers or, brand boards or mm -hmm. writing or whatever, you know, everybody has something that they can start um, making money from. But so um, let's talk a little bit about the, the branding. Is that something, were you a, was that what you did in your nine to five? What did you do? That, how did that yeah. So I did not do that in my nine to five. <laughs> I actually, my background is, is crazy. Um, but I was in musical theater for a really long time. So I've always been in communication. And I think that's kind of the underlying theme. It's always been communication related. Uh -huh. um, and then I went into public relations. And then I went into the nonprofit sector. And so my job right before I started my company was actually an advocacy coordinator for our local food bank. And um, I think that that it's like all of those individual things, what I did honestly to figure out what I wanted to focus on was I listed out all the things that I could do. 
It's like, what have I done in the past, right? I could, I could teach people how to run nonprofits. I could teach people how to make, and then I really looked at what do I love to do? And for me, it was all about communication, public speaking, and helping people really own kind of their authenticity and share that. And that's when I was like, oh, I can, I can tie that into branding and helping people really just like brand themselves, mm-hmm. honestly, not just the product in which they are selling, but themselves so that they're making that connection with their audience. So it's been a, it's been a roller coaster. It's in the ping pong balls kind of all over the place, but uh-huh. the connector has always been communicating with people and kind of presenting myself, my story, you know, what I'm talking about in that way. I think that's a really important um, element too that so many so many brand new business owners miss is the importance of people connecting with you as an individual and your story behind it. I know when I first came out to the gates, I wanted to be like all professional and this is the this is the front that I was setting up and the the more that I go along that route the more I realize how like disconnected that is from my actual like I am not a perfectionist I am often just kind of all over the place and people need to I do a good job at what I do but for me to present this like you know black and white um very crisp clean you know um presentation like that that looks more like a regular online like a business business you know I don't mm-hmm. know how to do but not, not like who I am you know I think I was missing the mark with who I was looking to work with and now that I've kind of loosened that back and in more me um the right people are finding me so it's so important to make yeah I struggled with the same thing. Like I used to do live videos in my room upstairs, like coming home from work with like my notebook and like everyone in the house had to be quiet. And it's like, I could only maintain that for so long because it wasn't realistic. And I always share this story, but there was a time when I had a live video schedule that I had all these women signed up for a challenge. And my son at the time was maybe, you know, 10 months, maybe 11 months old. And um, he was not taking a nap and it was just the two of us at home. So I strapped him on my back in our little baby, put the camera up top and I did the entire live stream with the baby on my back. And honestly, that is when my entire business shifted. Yeah. Women were like, oh my gosh, thank you for showing up this way. It was almost as if I was giving them permission. And I realized, wow, like this is actually what people are looking for. They're looking for that connection. And so now he's in videos all the time. (laughs) Well, and, and honestly, I mean, I don't know what your focus was at that time. If you had realized at that point in time that you wanted to help mother, I don't know, you put female entrepreneurs. I don't know if you've niched down even further into mothers who are building businesses at home with their kids. Um, you know, you have now said, I'm walking the walk. You can't use as an excuse for why you can't do it. And I think that that also brings back that legitimacy to you as, you know, okay, she's doing it. She can teach me how I can do it too. Um, Absolutely. I, I think the funniest thing I've ever seen over the last few years is that viral video about the man in his man. <laughs> being interviewed on CNN and the kid and the mom and everybody's coming in. And I was like, that's my life. That is my, if a kid doesn't streak naked across the back of one of my recordings, it has been an unusual day, you know, for, uh-huh. for there. So it made me laugh so hard. Cause everybody was like, look out, you know, all of this. And I'm like, 
I don't know why he was struggling so hard. Many moms do this every single day. Every single day. My husband sent it to me and I think he even posted it on Facebook. It's like, this is my wife's life, but she Uh just keeps going. Like, it's just like doing it, you know? Exactly. Um, It's true though. You know, like you have to, you have to keep going as a a mompreneur in general. You just have to kind of go with the flow. Yep. And my youngest child does just never wants to put on clothes. That's just, Mm -hmm. so I finally taught her to stand outside of the, like, I'm like, if you can see yourself in that screen, you, you, you're too close to me. And like, do not come naked in the video, but she always, it never fails. If I'm doing a recording, she's got to be right here asking me a question about something she could have asked me about when I was done or whatever. It's like they know. Right. Yes. Like, so just, summer has been challenging. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But I mean, that's part of what's so awesome about what we do though, is that I can finish my recording, maybe a little bit frustrated, but then take a deep breath and say, you know what? I get to be here with her and not every mom has that option. So I have to remember that when I'm getting frustrated, I have to remember that there are days that are challenging, but I'm here. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about, um, you know, storytelling is so important to you and you have gone through some ups and downs in your life that have really made you help you shift your story and tell your story in a different way. So let's talk about some of that. What, where, when did you realize that storytelling was so important and, um, what has helped you create your own story? Yeah. So I think for me, when I was kind of going through that shift of I had created a business and it didn't represent me and I was trying to hide, you know, (laughs) in the upstairs bedroom on camera. And I had to kind of take a look inward and be like, well, what is my story? What has led me here? Who is Michelle as a person? And so one of the things that I did that I now teach other women to do is actually kind of that whole process of looking inward and looking at their, I usually use three stories, right? Looking at three stories or three transitions that really stand out to them and what happened what happened in those moments how were you changed what decisions did you make what did this teach you and really kind of reflecting on those pieces to then kind of create a brand around that central message so my three transitions were um, going moving to California instead of going to college which as someone who was clearly labeled the perfectionist in high school, really struggled with this for a long time, was ill um, in high school. I basically threw everyone for a loop (laughs) when I was like, just kidding, I'm not doing it. And that was really kind of my first time of saying, I don't want to do that. I want to do what I want to do. And so I joined the circus, as everyone calls it, but I I moved... Not the actual Literally? story. Oh, oh my goodness. I was going to say, what? You did what? Yeah, that would be a cool story though. Um, no, I, I joined a performing arts group in oh, California gotcha. and we did travel the world uh, teaching music to young children. Fun. And so, kind of like the circus. So <laughs> I did that and that was my first transition. The second one was losing my brother to childhood cancer, which came um, years later. And that was obviously a big moment in my life in regards to changing everything for me. 
um, really shifted how I looked at life in general and made me kind of look inward at what am I doing? Like, am I happy? Is this what I want to do forever? How do I want to contribute to the world? And it took me a little while to kind of figure out what that was, but that was kind of the beginning of that process. Right. And then my third transition was the birth of my son, which traumatic would be how I would describe that experience. It's beautiful now, right? Right. Um, but it, during that time, it was definitely very, very difficult. And so I look at the underlying themes between all of these, and it's always been this desire for freedom mm -hmm. and to live a very free and fulfill, fulfilling life. And so that's kind of the whole storytelling process. And now I carry that over into all my branding. And I mean, what a great example of how you live what you talk by creating your own level of freedom, by leaving your nine to five to run your own business and really, you know, have the ultimate freedom usually, unless you're working with a client that sucks, which we've all been there. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boundaries, right? Like, right. Yeah, totally. Ultimately, we're still in charge of that too. If we have the boundaries and the guts to be yeah. like, no, I'm in a situation like that right now. And I'm trying to learn how to say no better because I'm a people pleaser. And I'm trying to put that in my rear view mirror. I want to be a kind person who works in service to others, but is not a people pleaser. Do you have any advice on that? <laughs> Throw that one out there for you. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like boundaries and also just like the worth. Like sometimes we feel like if we say no, we're, cause when women say no, they're labeled, you know, like obviously being like not a nice person. Right. Um, right. And so it's like, we have to take care of ourselves, right? If we're feeling depleted all the time, if a client is draining us or a project is draining us, then we can't show up as our best selves and we can't show up for our families. Like if, if a client is draining me, I'm on edge, you know? And yeah. so that was something that I struggled with in the beginning. And now I have like I have a pretty thorough process if someone's going to work with me for a long time where we like get on the phone and talk and like we have a lot of communication. Um, but I would say that like one of the things is just being really clear with my clients and being like, no, like it's a 24, 48 turnaround time, right? Like I, this isn't handholding. It's more of me empowering you to be right. your best self um, and to be here honestly, you know, to answer questions that you have, but I've got to protect my energy Otherwise, I can't show up. So true. I'd say, I think one of the biggest challenges with boundaries with us these days is how easily you can access someone. Mm. Like back in the day when it was just email or phone call, like they had to, you had to reply to the email or you had to answer the phone and you could easily do neither of those things <laughs> and protect your space and your place, you know, mm -hmm. but now it's, I mean, I've got people messaging me on Facebook nonstop. I've got people yeah. boxing me and it's like, okay, slow your roll. You've got to understand it's 11 o'clock at night. Don't you come back at me five minutes later and ask me why I haven't replied to your <laughs> message. Absolutely. First of all, let's not message me at 11 o'clock at night on Facebook in case I forget to turn off my, my sound and now I've got to... <laughs> I know my husband jokes that like when we started dating, his phone was always on silent and like I could never get a hold of him. And now my phone's always on do not disturb like if, because I don't want those notifications throughout yeah. the day. I have specific times where I'm checking email That's and smart. my clients know if they email me in the evening and I checked it earlier in the morning that they're going to have to wait till the next day. So yeah, it wasn't I, something I did right out the gate though. It took time. Right, right. <laughs> 
that's a super smart boundary and something I have to get better at because I'm, I will like, I, I'm super bad about just like if I'm on my phone and I get the notification that an email came in, I'll answer it really quickly. And I'm like, that is setting a bad precedent because mm-hmm. the one time that you're willing to reply to an email at 9 PM at night, then from then on, it's like, oh, she'll answer whenever and I can email her whenever and demand this at this time. Yeah, that's a, that's a great boundary to put in place. I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. Some of these things are bad habits. I just, um, you know, I used to be in the military and, um, you know, you get that. Thank God when I was in the military, like Blackberries were just starting to come out. So only like the really high ranking officers had those and they had to be replying all the time. But I can only imagine how challenging that is now because in theory, you're on duty 24 hours a day. (laughs) So yeah, but I'm not, this is my business. I don't have to answer emails at nine o'clock at night unless I want to, dang it. Absolutely. (laughs) We use this little um, plugin for our our Gmail called Streak. And Mm. uh, it's so much fun because it allows you to track emails and when things are are opened and and you can actually set it to delay. So this is a brand new fun tool that we have. So I can, if I have a quiet moment while I'm watching, you know, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something with my kids and I'm bored. So I'm answering emails. I can actually set it to send the next morning at 8 a.m. Oh, that is cool. I like that. Yeah. Cause then it allows me to still, cause I, you know, I don't, it, most of the time I've gotten to the point where once I turn the computer off at the end of the day, I don't want to have anything to do with it, but ever until the next morning, but every once in a while we'll be doing something where I'm just not honestly not present with the kids because they're doing something I'm not super interested in. And then, you know, it's okay. But, yeah. Um, all right. So let's talk, uh, sorry, let's talk about, um, what it was like for you when your brother passed away and, um, I'm so sorry about that, by the way. That's so hard to to deal with. We lost a child, so I can only imagine what that was like losing a sibling um, as well. And for your mom, I completely, completely empathize with her. But, um, you know, you mentioned to me before we started recording that your family has done a lot of advocacy and has started a nonprofit. And how, how did that, how did that impact who you are and how you show up in the world? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things when, when my brother was ill, um, everyone was giving money to the family, right? Because we had to, to drive to treatments and my brother had a type of cancer where it wasn't like you would go in and get chemo and leave the same day. Um, you would actually, he'd be there for like two weeks at a time oh, sometimes just waiting for like levels to to change and things. So there was a lot of frequent visits and things like that. And so we noticed that people were, were doing all this. And after my brother passed away, my mom really wanted to continue to be able to do this for other people because um, my brother was diagnosed when he was 17. So just two weeks before his 18th birthday. And because of that, because of his age, he qualified for all of these amazing programs um, that we all know so well, like Make-A-Wish and things like yeah. that, that have a cutoff of 18. And through my brother's journey, he met all of these young adults who were 18, 19, 20, 21 that didn't have those resources because they're kind of in an in-between age. But, um, but my still children. That's yeah. exactly. My mom's like, you're a kid until you're 30, you know? So yeah. 
<laughs> so that was really, really important to her. And um, so we created the CJ's Journey Foundation, if 501c3. We did it all ourselves. We uh, applied for the paperwork ourselves and all of that. And I sat on the board for a very long time, um, really helping my mom get the programs that we have now in order and handling the communication. And um, it was a really beautiful, it's a beautiful experience. We're still doing it. Um, I, I don't sit on the board anymore because of <laughs> my full-time business, but behind the scenes, I'm running events with my mom and, and doing all of that. But it's really amazing to be able to give back in this way in his honor, yeah. which is just really beautiful. And people are learning about CJ having never met him. Yeah. Uh, it's his legacy that's really continuing on. And he was a very giving person. He was a very old soul. Like you just kind of met him and you were like, well, okay, changed forever. Right. And so to be able to continue that on has been really, really amazing. And one of the things that we really do is help raise money for research. So we not only give support for families who are going through this, you know, gas cards, a lot of the kids that age want like really great laptops because they're either in school, right? Or they're like doing gaming and stuff at the hospital. But we also give um, money to Sightman Cancer Center in St. Louis specifically for sarcoma research, which is what my brother had, which that age range, it's like 4% are actually diagnosed and a very, very small percentage actually survive. Oh. And so a lot of research is needed. So every single year um, in September, all the money that's raised, because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, goes directly to research. So we've been able to do some really, really cool things with that. That's amazing. We did something um, similar, but not nearly to that extent. Um, after my daughter died, we set up a, a foundation. Um, also, did we have a 501c3 called Sunshine After the Storm, and we send care mm -hmm. packages to grieving parents after they've lost a baby. And um, eventually, I want to be able to, when I don't have little kids in the house and, and not trying to do all these millions of things all the time, my goal is to grow it into a much larger organization mm -hmm. where it's supporting families. And, you know, to your point, like one of the things, because they were twins and our, our my youngest um, spent 12 weeks, 84 very long days in the NICU. Mm -hmm. And one of the saddest things that we see there is moms who don't have maternity leave or don't have time off or don't have money um, for any other thing and have to go straight back to work mm -hmm. um, because, what, or if they do have maternity leave, they know that their baby's going to be in the NICU for a long time. So they go back to work until their baby comes home from the hospital so that they can be with them. I was really blessed because I had already left my full-time job. I would have lost my job had I not because we were in the hospital for 16 weeks total. Um, and nobody has coverage that long in the States. Very, very rare. Um, and I wasn't willing to leave. So luckily I was home. But um, anyway, to be able to help out with things like that. And then again, the research for twin to twin transfusion and high drops and heart, de heart um, defects for babies and all those kinds of things. Like I have really, really big plans of what I can do with this organization. But for now, we just send a little bit of love and light to a mom from a mom who knows what it's like to have been there, you know, just some little things to help them have a, a bright day in the midst of a lot of really crappy ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that you're doing that. And I love that you're just like, 
doing it with what you have now. And I think that's so important. It's like, imagine like there's these big, big goals. And I tell my mom the same thing. Like she has these giant goals and I, I love them. And it's like, do what you can do now while you're working and make that difference. Even if it feels small in the grand scheme of things, like you're impacting someone's life and know that it's like through that process and through that time, like I, you and her, I, I can't wait to connect you guys because yes, I know <laughs> she is a, um, she is an inspiration. Just any mother who has picked themselves back up and have continued through life after losing a child, losing a brother is one thing, losing a child now that I'm a mom and understand mm-hmm. that is completely different. And so I just think it's just so beautiful when women can do that and like make a difference in honor of their children. Well, and for anybody who's lost a child who may be listening and doesn't know what to do, the, the best part about it is how much it heals, it, how healing it is. And just like you said, being able to carry on your brother's legacy. Well, nobody knew Catherine because she was only two days old, mm-hmm. but they know her through. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> But yeah, to be able to do something like that, to give to others, to carry on the legacy, to do those kinds of things that keep them in your life, but but if, especially to see what it can do for somebody else, like it's so healing. So, um, you know, even if you can't start your own foundation, I'm definitely not saying everybody has to go out and start their own foundation, but there are enough of them out there that you could probably volunteer through one or mm-hmm. reach out to one and see what you can do to help or raise money and donate to one or send goods or anything like that. So, yeah, I mean, Facebook has made it so easy now with like being able to do fundraisers for your yeah. birthday and stuff like that. I just think there's, it's so cool to be able to give back. And that's one of the things that I actually do with my business to CJ's journey, but also I encourage my, my clients to do the same thing, like create a business that makes an impact and give back to the causes that are really, really important to you. Exactly. And that is what we plan on doing with our next Lose the Cape book. As a matter of fact, that I was talking to you, Mm -hmm. um, we are going to be Hopefully there will be proceeds from the book, (laughs) but we're going to be donating almost all the women who are participating either have an organization that that needs support or are very involved in an organization. It's a a book about activism and advocacy and we'll be helping moms, overwhelmed moms, see how they can they can they can be present and show up in social and political and emotional things happening in our society, right? So we're talking about a variety of things from getting out and voting in, in local elections to make an impact in your local community mm-hmm. all the way to starting nonprofits or to starting um organizations that are social movement changers or political changers or whatever, and showing how you can be involved in different areas along the way. And to your point of just step in where you can, yes, what you can be part of it where you can, but just know that showing up is so much more important than saying, I can't. Mm-hmm. And, um, anyway, the point of that is that everybody in the book once we've recouped costs, we'll be making donations to their organization of choice. I love that. Because that's what we want to be doing with the money is helping other people. So 
Yeah. Well, this conversation went way differently than I expected it to go when I was reviewing your, um, your stuff before the podcast. So fantastic. I love it when it happens organically like that. You're a beautiful person. Thank you so much. I, I thank you for letting me share my story because I mean, like with all of us, with our, our lives, we have a lot of things that have contributed to where we are now. And I think it's important to know all those different pieces and to be able to connect with women at different levels. And, you know, within this conversation, we've connected with moms all over the place. Exactly. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely, you definitely made your point on why you, on what you're trying to teach people just through this conversation, because, you. you know, Michelle Knight as a branding expert who helps you learn how to tell your story. And then Michelle Knight of everything that we just went through, like it's, it's different. It's a different feel. It's a different vibe. It's a different. So if you're looking for someone to help you tell your story and become really authentically you in your business, make sure that you reach out to her. Where is the best place for people to find you? Yeah. So everything that you would ever possibly need is on my website, which is brandmary, B-R-A-N-D-M-E-R-R-Y.com. I have blogs, free resources, all kinds of things there. You can also connect with me on Instagram at brandmarycoaching. And if you are a business owner or you're wanting to start your own business, I have that private community I talked about earlier. It's still going strong two and a half years later. Um, All the info's on my website, but it's authenticbrandbuilders.com. That is incredible. Thank you so much. And I really look forward to, um, to connecting more with you and your mother. Yes. (laughs) Thank you for having me.